Hello and welcome to this special elections episode of The Stushy, the Scottish politics podcast from DC Thompson that helps you be better briefed. I'm Andy Phillip, and on this episode we're making a departure from our regular weekly programme with a series of daily debates to delve into the local issues at the heart of the election on May the 5th. Council elections are an opportunity to cast a vote about vital services affecting our daily lives. Local authorities oversee the running of schools, they collect council taxes, they organise bin collections and a lot more besides. So why are they so often seen as the poor relation of Holyrood and Westminster elections? Too often, these local votes are overtaken by rehashed debates between the leading parties with an eye on Parliament, not town halls. We invited our readers and listeners to send their questions to invited councillors and candidates in select local authorities. Derek Healy, the political editor of The Courier, spent time with the four councils in the title's heartland. He started with Dundee before hosting debates for Angus, Perth and Kinross and Fife. We're publishing those over four days, then rounding it off with a final fifth one from Aberdeen. In Fife, the current administration is a joint effort with Labour and the SNP. They have the same problems as everyone else, though. Money. The cost of living dominated, but there was plenty more on struggling high streets and environmental vandalism. Derek was joined by Tim Brett for the Liberal Democrats, David Ross for Labour, David Alexander for the SNP and Dave Dempsey for the Conservatives. Derek started by asking the Conservative candidate what the single biggest problem is facing the region right now. Right. Well, the, the biggest council facing the biggest problem facing any council in Scotland is, is shortage of money. Uh, the council's budgets have been squeezed for several years, for quite a number of years, by the Scottish government, and all the indications are that it's not going to get any better. In fact, it's going to get worse. So what we would do about it is we would focus much more closely on what we get for the money we have. We can't magic up any more. So closer scrutiny and local decision-making are our answers to getting more out of less. David? The biggest problem facing Fife isn't facing Fife Council. It's, it's a problem facing the people of Fife. Um, the cost of living crisis, according to Joseph Rowntree Foundation, is affecting 33,000 families in Fife. So Fife Council needs to mobilise like we did in COVID and make sure our people are protected and that they've got food and they've got money. And Fife Council is good at doing that. David? I think it's a combination of factors uh, facing Fife and Fife Council. Um, in the first place, we need to chart a, a progressive way through and out of the, the pandemic for the recovery. Uh, in the context of a, a centralising and uh, cutting uh, Scottish government, cutting funds, and we need to stand up to that. And again, everybody affected by the, the, the cost of living crisis. So the council has a vital role to play in supporting people uh, and also arguing for the, the sufficient funding to, to keep our vital local services going. And Tim? I also agree that I think the key issue at the moment is the cost of living crisis, which the two Davids have referred to. But on top of that, we also have a crisis in social care and we also have a housing crisis. Somebody who's been declared homeless is going to have to wait over a year before they can be housed, um, certainly in my part of Fife. 
One of the interesting questions that we've had in a few times is how you make sure that local councils are properly funded. David, I noticed you're shaking your head when, when Dave spoke about um, the funding coming from the Scottish Government. Would you like to come back on that? For the last three years, Fife Council has made no cuts whatsoever. The last three years, we've got more money than we anticipated. In the last two years, we've invested in funds. We've invested in more people. We've invested uh, in, in services that were cut before. Um, and if there was a cut, if there was a cut to local government funding, that means there's probably a cut to overall Scottish government funding from the Westminster government. And, and that's the problem. This MP is not the enemy of local government, Westminster is. David, as a co-leader on the council, do you feel that the council has enough funding? No, it, it absolutely doesn't. And uh, we've been restricted in what we can do because of the, the cuts uh, over many years to our core, core budgets. Uh, and since 2013-14, uh, um, local government has suffered a 20% reduction in its core grant from the Scottish Government. Uh, and we've been doing the best we can, but that limits your ability to, to, to put investment in to meet emerging and, and new needs. So where do you stand on that? How do we make sure that the council is properly funded? It's partly, I agree, that the, the funding we've had you know, has been reduced. Additional funding from the Scottish Government is obviously very welcome, but it often comes ring-fenced. In other words, it has to be used for particular projects and, and therefore savings have to be found in other areas. My party would also like to see the present arrangements for council tax changed because we don't think these are fair um, and equitable. And we did have a promise some years ago from the SNP that they were going to do that. And of course, nothing has happened. David, I mean, if you're uncomfortable with the amount of money coming from the Scottish Government, money has been passed on from Westminster as well. And the Scottish Government, I'm sure, would argue that they need more money coming from Westminster. I wonder if that's a view you would share as well. I mean, would you go to your Conservative colleagues at Westminster and say, we need more money for Fife? Well, we, all, we always need more money because there's always more we can do. But all the objective um, analyses of say that councils, the Scottish Government has squeezed councils far more than it squeezed a whole bunch of other areas. And, and David Alexander's shaking his head, but what he didn't tell you in his piece was that while more money arrives, more demands arrive, which very often cost more eventually than the extra money. The government says you could have a bit more, but you've got to do A, B, C, D and E that you weren't doing before. They may fund them for a bit and then they tend to drop them on the council to find its own way of funding them in the future. I mean, there's no debate that, that council funding has been cut. Okay. Um, David, I wanted to ask you, just if we look back over the, the track record of the administration that your party has been involved in, how good a job do you think it's done? I think we've done a pretty good job in, in the circumstances, um, building more houses uh, for rent, uh, affordable rent to tackle the, ho the housing crisis, and completing refurbishment of a number of schools, completing the um, refurbishment and the replacement of care homes uh, and keeping services going. And I think uh, our staff and our workforce deserve the greatest of praise for the, the efforts they've put in during the pandemic when operating under all sorts of restrictions. They have supported communities and community groups um, to, to, to make sure that people didn't you know, suffer uh, and, and were supported properly during the pandemic. 
We'll come back to someone that can kind of track record a little bit more uh, in, in a second. The reason I'm asking that question really is, is that you currently run the council alongside the SNP group. Um, your party leader has ruled out any prospect of a coalition with the SNP or the Conservatives after this election. I guess what I'm really wondering is, what is it that's changed about the SNP since the last administration to now that means you now wouldn't be able to work with them in a coalition? I, I think things have moved on, uh, and I, I would defend um, our track record uh, in, in administration. Um, but I think there are a number of factors why, why we, we, we need to reassess the position. A part of that is because we need to stand up significantly to the, the Scottish Government. And I'm afraid I don't think the SNP councillors will ever put their heads above the par parapet and actually argue uh, in favour of Fife rather than defending the Scottish Government. And uh, I also have to say, and I'm sure David, David Alexander will disagree with me, I, I think it, it's, it, it's been Labour that has been pushing the, the progressive agenda. And there are many examples of the SNP where if Labour hadn't been in administration with them, uh, they would just have followed uh, officer advice and cut services or shut things. Uh, and we have stopped that. David, I'd like to get your reaction to that. I mean, I wonder how it feels to have a party you've been working with for a few years now come and say, you know, there's no way we could work with you now. I don't recognise that, that at all. Um, the council officers actually did a review um, in the last, uh, last full council. And the assessment of the last five years showed that 91 commitments were made, our joint manifesto, 35 have been completed, significant progress made on another 35, 15 are assessed as ongoing due to the nature of a commitment. Only three are assessed as unachievable. So is David really saying that the, the, the 70 that's gone is all because of labor and the three are this and people? Doesn't make any sense. We have worked very, very closely together. And in a place like Fife, you need a working majority. And if Labour's not gonna deal with it, do a deal with anybody, that's a way to chaos. And it's a way to let down the people of Fife from, from a strong local government agenda. Dave, what do you think of the track record of the two joining together and ruling the administration? Well, we, we looked at the, the 95 um, items and, and they were reported to the last meeting of the council. But when you actually look at this progress, it's unquantified and vague and waffly. It's like me saying I'm progressing to be the Olympic sprinting champion in 2010. I mean, I'm, I've walked a bit further this week. It doesn't prove anything to say things are in progress. Uh, there's nothing quantified. There's nothing you can get your teeth into and analyse. And, and what were you, Tim? What do you, what do you make of the track record of this administration? I, I think, as, as, as David Ross has said, yes, um, the, the administration has kept things going. But I think we should be doing better than that. I think we should be aspiring to be in the top quartile of councils in Scotland, when the reality is, you know, we're, we're in the middle or the lower middle um, when we compare ourselves. And when you're talking to people on the doors, then you get a different answer. The answer you get is, you know, when is that pothole gonna get fixed? When are we gonna have more teachers in our schools? When am I gonna get a house? And when is my elderly mother or father going to get home care because we've been waiting months? Yeah, I spoke to both, both David's here um, when the two Labour leaders came to Glasgow and, and, and made those comments about 
ruling out coalitions and, and so on. Uh, David, you, you told me at that time that your party is the only one with a realistic prospect of forming a majority at this election. Uh, let's say you fall a little bit short on that. Who here would you be willing to work with um, come May, after May 5th? The only people we will not work with are the Conservatives, and that's always been the, that's always been the situation. Uh, we will need a working majority. You cannot run a place like Fife wondering if month by month you're going to get your, your policies through. The, the thing's ludicrous. And I do think that after local elections, what David has just said will be forgotten about. David, would you want to respond to that? No, we, we, we have categorically ruled out any formal coalitions with any, any of the other parties. What we're concentrating on is getting as many Labour councillors elected as possible and having the maximum influence on the direction of the council. Uh, and, you know, we'll, let's wait and see what the result of the election is. If we're talking not formal coalitions and possibly, you know, a working arrangement, let's say, uh, would you be prepared to do a working arrangement with the SNP? Well, I, I don't think it's, it's a case of doing a working arrangement with any particular party. I think there will be arrangements in place, as there, there always are in the Council, for um, decisions to be made. Uh, and, and we will play our part in, in those arrangements uh, and seek to uh, have the, the Labour manifesto and our commitments in, enacted and implemented. So is, is there any party you feel you, you just wouldn't work with then, you know, um, David Zinni would wouldn't work with the Conservatives, would you feel the same way? As, as I've said, we're not going to go into coalition with anybody. Um, the, the reality is, you know, if, if you have a committee system, and we're actually in favour of, of, of moving to an executive model, more of a cabinet-style model, uh, which we think is more um, effective uh, and, and more flexible for the current circumstances, but if you, for instance, on a committee, uh, that has got political balance, um, you know, are you working with, with other parties there? I mean, that, that's, y you go in and you argue your point and there are votes and, you know, that's how decisions get made. So I'm wondering what your position is on this, Tim. Um, you know, your parties have been very damning about both the SNP and the Conservatives over this kind of campaign period. Um, but for the Lib Dems, I know it comes down to local groups. That that's, that's who makes the decisions rather than it coming necessarily from the party leadership. But how many enough would Lib Dem councils be able to work with the Conservatives or the SNP after some of those comments that have been made? Well, we've, you know, we, we have worked with other parties in the past. You know, we worked with the SNP some, um, some, some years ago. Um, and um, what, a bit like I think what, what we've already heard, is we wouldn't want to go into a formal coalition with any of the other parties but we recognize that, that the work needs to be done we recognize that we need to have governance arrangements so that services are delivered but we actually think more power should be given to local government i think that was an announcement yesterday and actually we want to see real power devolved further to the different parts of fife um, and we haven't seen that in this administration Dave, who would the Conservatives be willing to work with on Fife Council? Pardon? Who would, the, who would the Conservatives be willing to work with on Fife Council? I guess we're willing to work with, in a sense, with anybody, um, in, in as much as when you're in opposition, as we, we have been, you don't automatically oppose everything. Um, if somebody comes up with a reasonable idea, why, why you, would you oppose it just because they're in a different political party? So, in the sense that we don't oppose things, we're working with them. 
Um, following on from what Tim just said, we are very strongly in favour of serious decentralisation, not the lip service that we've seen in the past five years and before. And the further you get down, the closer you get down, say, to five, seven areas, the political differences become less and less and less apparent because the councillors are working together to solve the problems that they see on their doorstep, as opposed to sitting in Glenroth is solving something in an area of five they might not have visited in the past goodness knows how long. So that in itself would improve working together. Um, it's an impossible question to answer until you see what the numbers look like. Um, nothing's ruled in and nothing's ruled out. What would a serious decentralisation look like? Well, it's a transfer of power to those area committees and it has probably to involve a transfer of budget because he or she who controls the money controls the show. And we've had what I've described as centrally controlled decentralisation. You get an area budget, but you've told a magic number appears, you know, it's £247,000 next year. You know, how did that come about? And it's to be spent on this area. I would, we would expand that concept, not dramatically overnight, you would have to take it carefully, but we would expand it. And, and for example, the potholes, I mean, potholes are probably the single most loudly voiced complaint. Pothole decisions as to where um, is, is filled next and, and, and all the rest of it are, are made in one location in Glenrothes. I mean, that, that's, that's daft. Okay. So I mean, can respond to that. Some of some of that, I mean, I I, I would refute, uh, and and it's all very well just saying in principle we need more money and whatever. There, there are there are problems about where you take that from. I mean, the area committees ha actually have the 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 power and the authority over the area roads budget, uh, and I I would argue that some area committees are actually much better at, at, at having influence and controlling and, and, and um, managing services in their local areas than, than others are. Um, and, and I think, you know, rather than just saying, oh, it's all terrible, I think, I think Dave and his, his compatriots need to actually get out there and, and, and wield some influence and use the powers that are already there rather than saying they haven't got enough. And when, when you look at you know, oh, we'll decentralise all this money. Where are you going to take it from? How is it going to damage services, many of which are organised on a five-wide uh, five basis? And it makes no sense organisationally for individual services in the workforce to be split up into um, six or seven um, different groups, because that's inefficient. Tim? I, I think one thing that would help in this area would be to give the seven areas the information on all of the services that are provided in their area. Um, we don't, that isn't permitted at the moment. And so we have an example in Northeast Fife where there is a very strong local view that our sports and leisure centres should be open for longer hours. I happen to know that the Labour convener is sympathetic and supportive of that, but we can't get that to happen because in this instance, sports and leisure is, is managed by a separate organisation. So, yeah, we're stymied. Okay. One of the issues that's come up time and time again from our readers is the cost of living crisis. I know it's mentioned earlier on, I'm sure that'll be no surprise to anybody here that that's been a big talking point. Um, council tax in Fife has gone up by 3% this year. The council talked about being concerned about whether 
escalating energy bills means that people would be forced to stop paying their council tax. Um, what would your party do over the next five years at a council level to help that cost of living crisis? And Tim, I'll come back to you first of all on that, please. C clearly, we need to keep the council tax as, as low as possible. And without going around it again, if, if we got more money from the Scottish Government, we would be able to keep the council tax at nil or, or, or lower. There are some specific things that can, that, that can be done, but probably at a national level, like reducing VAT um, would be one thing. Um, looking again at the, the rise in national insurance contributions. Um, sadly, our party put up a motion at Holyrood this week um, and, and it, was, it was killed by the SNP and the Green Government, you know, specifically suggesting a number of things uh, that could be done. The other thing, obviously, is, is actually to look very, very hard at everything we are doing um, and to be as, as efficient as we possibly can be. Things have got tighter over, over the years, but I still believe um, that if, if we have really focused scrutiny of, of everything we do, um, that's, that's the way to try and ensure that, that you know, costs don't increase and therefore council tax has to increase. Okay, David, your position on that? Well, I mean, I mean, the basic thing we need to do over the next five years is actually campaign for a Labour government in, in Holyrood and in, in Westminster, but, uh, and you well, know, well, implement a windfall tax. Locally, I mean, we, what we, we are doing, and we will, uh, if Labour is in, in uh, a position of uh, administration after the elections, we will continue to do is, is things like the, the, the Cafe Inc initiative of, of school holiday meals for children and families, which is the, actually the, the biggest one in a, a scheme like that across Scotland, although some other councils claim it, ours is. Uh, and we, we will be next year putting something like £16 million into to hardship and supporting low-income families um, and getting the, the support to the people that really need it in our communities. David, what can the SNP do? Yeah, well, that's near 3% increase in council tax for Band D is 75 pence a week. So let's not get too, too excited about that. But when the Tories take away £20 or £25 from universal credit, that's where the issue is. Uh, last, last week at the Policy and Coordination Committee, we got our share of £80 million worth from the Scottish Government, uh, of which £5.37 million, £1.2 million business grants, a million pound for the Scottish Welfare Fund, half a million pound for fuel poverty, £480,000 for a hardship fund, um, so we are getting money all the time. We also got two and a half million pounds to spend on on the high street stuff like that. So you know these are the numbers that's over and above the core budget that, that David wants to talk about. And we've also created 630 new jobs with a doubling of free childcare. That is a massive amount of money coming into Fife and well-paid jobs, mostly female, but doesn't have to be. So there's money coming to Fife all the time over and above core that's making a difference. I'll say again, our problems come from Westminster. It's not a Scottish government problem. The SNP Council Election Manifesto talks about the commitment to deliver independence. <coughs> I couldn't find anything on there about working to reform council tax, which has been an SNP pledge since 2007. <coughs> I wonder how you feel about that as a, as a local group leader and you're pitching yourself to be the council leader. How do you well, feel about that? Well, the first time I appeared in a, in a manifesto, 
uh, it was a minority government, and in Holyrood, and nobody could agree. And the, the Scottish government are still looking for people to agree what we replace it by, and nobody can agree. You know, and that's the situation. Um, but but wouldn't this election be a good time to bring that back up again? Well, shouldn't that shouldn't that be one of the talking points of this election with everyone struggling? Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, whatever you do, there's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. Now, that's the situation on any change to any local government tax you do. There's winners and losers. The winners keep quiet. The losers scream like banshees. <laughs> and that's the problem with changing any tax. You, you, you've just agreed that that should be something that's talked about. Yes, not, I think we should. It's not in the manifesto. No. So would you criticise the party then for, for leaving that out? No, I wouldn't. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I think there is going to be a change. Uh, but again, I, I repeat, I think it's going to be unanimous. Let everybody working it together, or it'll just become another political negative story. Dave, I see the cost of living crisis constantly framed as a Tory cost of living crisis when other political parties are talking about it. Um, what would you do? Uh, what would Conservatives do to, kind of, to, to help with this at a local level? Well, the thing to remember is that regardless of what happens on May the 5th, government is not going to change. And an awful lot of what's been talked about are things which are away above anything that a council or a councillor can, can impact. Uh, David Ross mentioned Cafe Inc. And Cafe Inc. was created, and all credit to him for, for it, uh, to address the need of the neediest. And councils with their relatively limited resources can't help everybody. That, that's just robbing Peter to pay Paul. So, the question I've got about Cafe Inc, is it reaching the neediest or is it just reaching those who can get to it? And it's questions like that that we need to answer. We need to take what we've got and deploy it as efficiently and effectively as we can. That's in the gift of councils and it's in the gift of the people who will be elected on the 5th of May. Changes in the council tax and whether we replace it with a different tax and, and all the other things that have been mentioned are not in the gift of those people. I talked about the framing of it there from other parties. I mean, who do you think is at fault for the cost of living crisis? Who do you think is at fault for the cost of living crisis? How would you respond to that allegation that it's a Tory cost of living crisis? Well, it's happening across the world, so it's unlikely um, that it's down to one particular national government. I mean, part of it is a consequence of the, the huge action that was taken to keep the economy going during the pandemic. And if you pump lots of extra money in, it's going to come out somewhere eventually, and that's part of what we're seeing. But I noticed that fuel prices in Sri Lanka went up 60% in a day the other day. I mean, this is not a, a UK problem exclusively or at all. I mean, it's across the world. And the causes are many and varied, and, and, and the, the effects of the pandemic, not just the obvious ones, but the the, ch the changes that people have made to their lifestyles, there's a shortage of workers for all sorts of trades and um, professions. Um, it, it's a complicated question. You can't pin it down to one particular place. Okay, um, let's talk about high streets. Um, we've seen some high streets in Fife really struggling in recent years. Um, the person who wrote, out, wrote to us mentioned specifically Kirkcaldy. Uh, I'm aware some other, some other areas have been faring better as well. Um, what would your party do to make sure that high streets aren't uh, just being left to die off, basically? And Dave, I'll come to you on that first of all, please. Sorry, Dave. Well, sorry, yeah, 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 please. Um, well, one of the items in our manifesto is free parking for an hour to encourage local shopping. The 
I'm a rare visitor to high streets. Um, but if I do, and I've gone by car, I've got to think, where do I park? Is there a time limit? Do I have to be back by a certain time? I go to a retail park, not something I do that often either. Um, I don't have any of those worries. And if I shop online, I can do it without getting out of my armchair. So you've got to make them, if you're going to keep them as shopping destinations, attractive in some way. And I'm not convinced that a council can do that. It can encourage and and help others to do it, but I'm not convinced it can do it itself. Beyond that, we've got to, there's got to be a high degree of um, re-envisioning. Um, I know that there are moves afoot to increase the number of people who live in town centres, and, and that will change their nature and, and they'll evolve. But it's, it's, it's a complex problem. It's been a problem for a long time, and if there was one simple answer, someone would have done it by now. David, do you have a, a simple answer by any chance? There's no simple answer. I think part of the problem, particularly in Kirkcaldy High Street, was the last decision of Kirkcaldy District Council to sell the land to open up a retail park. Now, if anybody thought that wasn't going to eventually impact on Kirkcaldy High Street, <laughs> they're in, in Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, Leaven High Street has got a retail park right beside it. So some people still think Leaven uh, is struggling, but they're as many people going as they always did, but they're also going to retail park. Um, in terms of the placemaking money for last year, we've just opened up through Scottish government money, a third of a million, a hub in Leaven High Street. It's got escape rooms, golf, to, to encourage people to come to the high street. Um, and, of, and of course, substantial money is going into Kirkcaldy as well. But the problem with Kirkcaldy had the very, very, very big stores. And when they went, they couldn't be replaced. And when they created the retail park, the planners tried to say, you could only put so much in the retail park if you had so much in the high street. That was always going to fail in terms of planning policy. But substantial money is going into, into high streets. Um, and I think you're right in terms of people buying online. That's a problem as well. But substantial money is going in, and I think it's going to make a difference. Uh, we just need to change. Kirkcaldy High Street, for example, is probably where people go for the best pubs in Fife. Um, <laughs> you've got more nightlife in Kirkcaldy now than you probably had before. So That's a controversial statement, carry on. Well, well let's be fair, they, they probably are. Um, so my son tells me, okay? Um, <laughs> so, you know, we have to re-engineer and, and, and re-manage the high streets because public love their high streets. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we all know the pandemic's played a role in this as well and made it, made it more difficult for businesses. Do you think the administration did enough to help with this? The last two years has been awful. Uh, and we had to concentrate on the real issues regarding COVID, protecting people who needed fed, all that sort of stuff. Um, lockdown hurt everybody, but people were getting money to try to keep going. Um, we cannot ignore the impact of COVID in the last two years on many, particularly hospitality. We just can't ignore that. It's been disastrous. David? Yeah, I mean, there's no denying the, 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 the big store, the impact of the big stores, Marks and Spencers, BHS, Tesco, pulling out of Kirkcaldy High Street, you know, had a, a huge impact. But, um, you know, the, that high street is still well on the way to recovery and it will be a different thing. And we, we have adopted, uh, you know, a five-point a five strategy there. 
first of all, it's supporting where we can the independent shops, and there are many independent shops now opening up in Kirkcaldy, for instance. It's putting housing in back into the town centres, and there are a number of sites there where new housing projects uh, sponsored through the council uh, are, are going ahead. It's about having it, it being a destination not just for shopping but for events and, for instance, the, the Friday Artisans mar Market there and a number of other events that are, are happening. The, the refurbishment of the Adam Smith um, Theatre and, and the creation of a cultural hub that will attract people into the wider town centre. Um, and then on top of that, you need to have a welcoming environment and environmental improvements, things like that, that are doing along the Esplanade. And finally, you need to, it needs to be accessible both to public transport and to private cars. And uh, some of the, the measures we've now put into place just recently in terms of car parking charges uh, are addressing some of those things. So there is a lot actually going on. And I think that the, that's part of the, 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 the issue across Fife is we have many towns and many town centres and they, they are all unique and they all have their own circumstances that need to be addressed in a particular way. But, you know, there are certainly things that the council can do, and it has a, a, a key coordinating and strategic encouragement role of all the other players in, in, that, in that business. Tim, I'm tempted to ask you where the best pubs in Fife are, but for now, I'll just ask you about high streets. Um, well. Yes, unfortunately, I can't comment on the, the pubs in Kokodi, but that may be an experience I should... I should explore. I, th I think the three Davids have really covered this. Um, I, I would point to Cooper, which has a business improvement district. And my understanding is that, that, that Cooper has fewer um, shops closed than, than, than many other um, uh, towns in Fife. Um, it's also got the, a, a very strong digital offering, which, which people can sign up to. And I think if that is working in Cooper, then that is something that we should look at to see if we can extend that to other areas. But at the end of the day, particularly following the pandemic, and I agree with the comments that others have made, you know, many people sadly are not gonna go back to their old ways of shopping. And I think we just have to recognize that. And therefore, again, others have said it, think about other uses for, for, for our high streets. One of the issues that's come up uh, a number of times, and it's something we've reported on time and again at The Courier, is illegal dumping and environmental vandalism. And I know that's been a, a major issue in Fife. Uh, we've seen the launch of the Don't Rubbish Fife initiative and a number of others. I wonder how successful you think that's been and, and what more we could do to try and tackle this issue. And uh, Tim, I'll, I'll start with you again, please, if that's okay. F fly tipping is an issue and it's quite understandably something that communities and the public get very upset about. Um, we've had issues in Northeast Fife where communities have wanted to see their local recycling centres open for longer. They had to be reduced because of, uh, because of COVID. I actually am not suggesting that it's the reduced hours that's leading to the fly tipping. I mean, fly tipping is, is just totally in, in, inexcusable. Um, but I think we need to try and find ways of addressing it. And I don't think we've got solutions at the moment. One of the things that we would like to see is more use of CCTV, which I think is actually, I think one of the Glenrothes uh, wards has used some funding um, uh, for that. Because at the end of the day, I think the, 
you know, people will stop doing it if they think there's a chance that they might get seen and reported. And then we need to throw the kitchen sink at them if, 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 that, if that is the case. Because my understanding is that the number of successful prosecutions in FIRE for fly tipping is, is tiny. So we need to find ways of, of catching people. David, how, how would you tackle this? Yeah, I mean, we, we undoubtedly we need to look at ways of uh, cracking down on the antisocial behaviour element of that. But that's that's only one one smaller element of of, of the issue about encouraging recycling and uh, you know actually tackling the wider issues of climate change. And you know, I, I, I would, there's probably three things I would. I would point to. I mean, one is, and and I think it's it's you know in the in the current administration, it, it's an illustration of of, of Labour's influence. In that, I I don't think that the SNP convener of the the committee uh, would have gone along. I think he would have kept the very unpopular appointment system for visiting uh, recycling centres in place if if Labour had not been pushing and saying no, we need to get rid of it, we need to get back to, to open access to that. On top of that, are, are two, there are two uh, elements in our manifesto of we're, we're going to scrap the charges for bulky uplifts, because I think that is discriminatory about, against people that can't actually get to the, the recycling centres, and it will encourage um, you know, people to, to recycle and get rid of their bulky goods uh, more, more easily. Uh, and again, in the context of a, a, a cost of living crisis, um, you know, you don't need to pay an extra 15 quid to get your, your, your old fridge freezer taken away. Uh, and and the, the second one is um, support for local climate change initiatives, including recycling things and actually supporting local communities that have got a lot of good ideas and um, initiatives to actually tackle these kind of things and actually letting them go on with it and giving them the support for them to do it. David? Yes, um, one of the last, I think, one of the reports that went to the committee at Rosvetrano the chairs is an environmental vandalism strategy. We need to take more uh, enforcement on stuff like that. And again, in terms of leaving Mouthway, we have got a very, very good uh, relationship with police. We have just purchased six more uh, CCTV cameras and we are going to use them to attack wherever the problems are. We are going to monitor it and find, find the people who are doing it. And the public will support that. Because once somebody's an £80 fine for dog fouling, they rapidly change their mind. And that's the way we have to do it. Uh, unfortunately, the thing I've noticed in my 36 years as a councillor is there is a lack of standards with some people, not everybody. There is a lack of standards. And the only way to, to deal with it is, is really to prosecute. David, would you agree on that? It's about enforcement? That's certainly part of it. We waited and waited and waited for the environmental vandalism strategy. When it finally arrived in the last meeting of the term, we were thoroughly underwhelmed. The... This probably, a, 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 tr a real proper solution to this does require Scottish Government action and, and Murdo Fraser from our MSP group in Holyrood is, is on the case. You have to make doing the right thing more attractive than doing the wrong thing. And you do that in two ways. You make it easier to do the right thing. You let keep the recycling centres open when people want to use them. Bulky uplift ideas, good. Um, but you also need to make doing the wrong thing as unattractive as possible. And, and 
that same committee that got the strategy also had a presentation from the Procurator Fiscal, who talked to us for over an hour, as I remember. And it's an enormously complicated and elaborate business to bring prosecutions, and, and it doesn't work. So there's action needed at both ends of the, of the, of the scale. That's great, thanks. I think um, we're probably just getting close to running out of time here. So what we'll do is I'm just going to go round again and give everyone an, an opportunity to make their final pitch to voters ahead of May 5th. And, and Dave, I'll start with you and we'll go in the opposite direction this time. OK, now? Yes, please. The Conservatives have three main strands to their um, policies manifesto. One is much increased and more powerful scrutiny. The Council does not do scrutiny well enough. It doesn't examine in sufficient detail what goes on and what it gets for the money. The second is value for money, it's, which is, relates to the, the same thing. We need to have a much better idea of what it costs to do things and to tease out areas where we're not working as effectively as we might. And the third is decentralisation, and notwithstanding what David Ross done says to rubbish that idea, if you take decision-making down towards the people who are affected, you get better decisions. And those three are our main planks for this um, election. Thank you, David. Yes, I mean, if there's not going to be a coalition, there has to be a majority, because the council has to function. The only party putting up enough candidates to form a majority is the SNP. Um, the advantage of this, of course, is there's going to be an SNP government uh, for the next four years. Um, now, we will not be bending over to Hollywood, um, but we will be in direct contact with the government on so many levels. And instead of the political negativity and the stuff that's not true about funding, um, we will work with our colleagues for the betterment of five, because that's what it's about. It's the people of five that's more important not our own political issues or what our leadership tells us to do. So I would urge people to vote five and get a majority, vote SNP and get a majority in five. David Ross. I think this, I've said this before, that it, this is a watershed election where we're now starting the recovery coming out of the pandemic and we are still facing a centralising and cutting uh, Scottish government. If those things don't change, uh, if we don't have a progressive way through that, then local government, as we know it, will be um, diminished. Uh, our three priorities are, are tackling poverty and supporting vulnerable people, supporting the recovery of the local economy uh, and local businesses, and ad addressing climate change. And it's only a Labour council uh, and Labour councillors that you can be trusted to stand up to the Scottish Government's centralising and cutting agenda, protect our services and the jobs that provide them, uh, and chart a progressive way uh, through the recovery and through the cost of living crisis. And Tim? The Liberal Democrats are known for working hard, working locally and working all year round. This is a local election which people want to see things happening in their local communities. We have a strong track record of doing that working with, with uh, MSP Willie Rennie and, and Wendy Chamberlain. And, it, and I have been impressed by the number of people who, from other political parties who are saying, we're going to vote Lib Dem because you guys get things done. Thank you. I'll just make my final appeal to voters, and that's that there's lots of great candidates standing in Fife, because we couldn't have them all come along and, and speak to you. But if you have a look online, you'll see who's standing in your area and see what they have to say. I hope you'll check it out ahead of May 5th. In the meantime, take care.
Thanks for listening to this special edition of The Stushy. The original debates were filmed at DC Thompson head office in Dundee and can be watched in full by going to the Courier website and heading to our politics pages. Thanks to Derek Healy for hosting, Stushy producer Morvan McIntyre, the teams in Dundee, and of course to you for listening. We'll be back next week with more, but until then, and even after then, pick up or log on to The Courier, The Press and Journal, and all our news plans, so that you can be better paid. The Stushy is the politics podcast from DC Thompson, designed to help you understand the implications of what happens in Holyrood, Westminster and our communities so that you can be better briefed. Don't miss an episode by following The Stushy today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. And if you know folks like you who want to understand politics in Scotland a little better, suggest they tune in or follow Stushy Scott on Twitter and Facebook. And stay even more up to date on local and Scottish news by subscribing to The Courier or Press and Journal, where you can get one month of unlimited access for just £1. Check the episode notes for details and terms.